Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. There can be this idea where people are like, no, I wasn't a Christian as a child. My faith isn't as good because those people, these people were raised in a certain way. And yet God uses all of these stories to relate to different people in different seasons of life. And that's part of the beauty of the gospel, the power of the gospel and the patience and mercy of God is that there isn't a specific time. I mean, the time is now, right? The time Mm -hmm. is now to come to know Jesus. And yet God is so good and loving and merciful that he will wait for us to come to that moment where we can surrender our lives to Christ. This is our introductory episode. We're starting our next study and we're looking at 2 Timothy In today's episode, in the introduction, this is Paul's last letter to Timothy, and so I thought it would be great to take a look at the relationship between Paul and Timothy. And so I have welcomed back, you may have heard her on an earlier series, Pastor Misty Harper Anderson. Welcome, who is a self-proclaimed Bible nerd. Bible nerd, yes. (laughs) I wear that title proudly. I um, have found such a love for scripture over the last... I think 10 to 15 years and uh, yes, self-proclaimed Bible nerd. Yeah. And, and you have the piece of paper to back it up as well. <laughs> I do. Yes. Seminary was a real joy for me. I, I don't know if everybody says that. It was a lot of reading, uh, a lot of study, a lot of writing papers and just sheer joy for me. <laughs> yeah. If you want to lean into your Bible nerdiness, seminary is the place to do it. It's <laughs> the place to be. Yes. <laughs> So thank you for coming and making time to do this. I, It's been very interesting for me, just the bit of studying that I was doing on this relationship between Paul and Timothy. It's such a sweet relationship. So beautiful. What this, preparing for this, it caused me to go back and and to watch it a little bit throughout the book of Acts Mm -hmm. and seeing them come together the first time in Acts 16 and then watching this, them spending time together and Paul either leaving Timothy and Silas in some place and Paul going someplace else or Paul specifically sending, it it was Timothy and Silas a couple of times, sending them to places where Paul couldn't go because Paul needed to go some other place. And what I love about that is I didn't do the math to try to figure out how long Timothy had been with Paul before Paul sent him. Uh, That's where my nerdiness ends. I don't do math. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I love the stories of the Bible. And I see this relationship of I'm going to build into Timothy. Timothy has been called to this. I'm going to build him, teach him, equip him, and then this release. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go let him do what God is calling him to do. And I think that's such a powerful message uh, for those of us who are leading others, just this idea of being able to release people after you've had the time of training and then coming back together, right? I can imagine mm-hmm. some like debrief sessions. Okay, Timothy, you've been out, you've been meeting people, you've been helping to build the church, equip the church, and what is your experience and what can we learn from it? And of course, I'm putting words into Paul and Timothy's mouth that are not in scripture, but I love to read the Bible with like biblical imagination mm-hmm. and 
Because they're real people living real lives. Right. And I thought what was interesting, too, when we see Paul and Timothy come together in Acts 16, is that, so, Timothy is multi-ethnic. <coughs> Excuse me. And he's Greek, and he's Jewish, and his mother is Jewish, and he had not been circumcised, and so Paul makes the decision to have him circumcised, which is interesting because later we see Paul not railing, it feels that way, against that that does not have to be done. But he chooses to do it with Timothy because that's not the issue. Circumcision is not the issue. The issue is the gospel. It's the message of Jesus. And so to remove this distraction, he just goes ahead and has Timothy do this. I, I feel like that in and of itself is such a message for us today. Yeah, I giggled a little bit when I read that because immediately, well, when you read the book of Acts, everything is immediately, right? And like everything is actually over the course of weeks and months. But they were going to, the very first thing that Timothy was joining Paul to do was to share the message that had come from the apostles about what rules needed to be followed and what didn't. And one of them was circumcision, right? I think that was some of what they were going to say. And yet Paul chooses to have Timothy circumcised or to do it. And uh, so again, this wouldn't be a distraction for the message of the gospel. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I mean, just in the, my job at Faith Radio, because there are some topics that we choose, uh, hills we choose not to die on mm-hmm. yes. because it would be, a distraction. It's yeah. not necessarily that thing is good or bad, but it's not what we're about. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to get, you know, vitriolic, is that a word, about about an issue and get distracted from the gospel. And I feel like that, I mean, time and again, that's what Paul is saying in his letters, like, like come back, come back to, like, keep the main thing, the main thing, keep yeah. the main thing, the main thing. Don't get distracted by... Issues don't get distracted by false prophets, and and Timothy. In some of the reading I was doing, that Timothy became one of the people that he was able to trust to go out and and to make sure that you know if there was a false prophet, he could trust him to go and to make right yeah, that church. That's so good. I I think about our churches too, and uh, the the keeping the main thing, the main thing, and how easy it could happen where. Similar to Paul and Timothy, they were relying on other people for their support to meet their tangible needs, right? Food, water, money, a place to sleep. And and churches also have people tithing their money. Uh, Christian nonprofits have people tithing their money to them or giving their money to them. And how easy it could be to be swayed by some of those people because of how they're supporting you, mm-hmm. wanting to give in to perhaps their ideals, uh, even their different theological bents, because what if you upset them and they no longer want to support you? And Paul, and maybe that's one of the reasons that Paul worked so hard to provide some of his own support over the years was to not be so so dependent on something like that. And mm-hmm. again, this is me making up stories that aren't there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but wondering. I mean, I think that's an important wonder to yeah. to wonder and to have wonder 
about why they did what they did because I think then we can apply that same kind of wonder to our own lives. Yes, yes. And that it's almost like a practicing discernment. Yes, and what a beautiful thing it is in our lives and the lives of our churches uh, when we really can keep the main thing the main thing where we can actually, even in a community of believers, disagree on some things and agree that Jesus Christ is the way to God, that Jesus Christ is our means of salvation, that uh, Jesus Christ is our way in participating in God's kingdom in this world. It's really powerful when you can see that playing out in our churches, and our homes. I've uh, been listening to podcast episodes about what city means, what kingdom mm-hmm. of God means, and that's where God's people are coming together, right? Like not a tangible, not a not a city. So we are in Roseville right now. So not Roseville as a city, but the the kingdom of God, the people of God as city. And so to see the city of God coming together as unified people, because we're able to do what Paul and Timothy are doing here and being so intentional about what their mission is. Yep, and I, and I love too that because of Timothy's multi-ethnic background that he can speak he can speak in a different way than Paul because Paul was so high up in Jewish culture which gave him a a certain kind of an authority but then there are spaces and places that Timothy can go that Timothy understands because he was Jewish and Greek because he and so he could understand those two worlds and know how to operate in them you know Angie that's interesting I hadn't thought about that before about how ultimately Paul lands in Rome and mm-hmm. and even while imprisoned and, and maybe sometime as a free man there, he is able to share the gospel of Jesus because Paul too was a Roman citizen and Jewish. And and with Timothy, he ends up in Ephesus where I believe that his Greek culture would have fit very well there so that he could be true to the gospel while contextualizing it for the people who were living there. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's fascinating. Which makes, with, and then I think the application comes to where are the spaces and places that we can bring the gospel because of our experience there or because of the, um, the, like the, the, the respect or the relationship that the kind of the earned knowing of the people that the people know us. Yes. Yes. And thinking about the power of testimony, uh, the power of our experience, I think about our the friends that we have and uh, how some people come to know Jesus as children. And then there's me who I was in my mid-20s and some people later in life and uh, this idea that there can be this idea where people are like, no, I wasn't a Christian as a child. My faith isn't as good because this people, these people were raised in a certain way. And yet God uses all of these stories to relate to different people in different seasons of life. And that's part of the beauty of the gospel and the power of the gospel and the patience and mercy of God is that there isn't a specific time. I mean, the time is now, right? The time is now to come to know Jesus. And yet God is so good and loving and merciful that 
he will wait for us to come to that moment where we can surrender our lives to Christ. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing that we see about Timothy with Lois and Eunice and his, and we'll talk about that in the, the first, the day one, because mm-hmm. we'll talk more about the the generational faith that Timothy is coming from. Yeah. But I was thinking about, I have a um, family reunion that I went to recently. Yeah. And so thinking about, um, the generations that have come before and those that have those that have chosen faith and those that haven't and then those now that don't and the the generation so I was thinking because then I had a coworker who went on a family uh, reunion trip together and each and it was with multi like aunts and uncles and cousins and each family had a devotion took it like took responsibility for a dinner and devotion each night and I was like that is not my family <laughs> but I and I thought what like how great like what a rich heritage for him to grow up in that and to, to have that kind of background and then I thought well for me that's something that that I we can create we can be you know when you're when you're a first generation who's chosen to really chase after God and make him the main thing. Um, and by the grace of God, like I was just making it sound like it was all about me. It's not about me. It's about like his grace on my life, but being able to break some of those generational things yeah. and create and create a new rhythm to create a new lineage, a new mm-hmm. heritage by chasing after God and allowing him to mold and shape Yes, what's going to come. That's so powerful. As I was reading through this first, I I love the difference between so in in preparation for this, I read through some of Acts and then through First Timothy and Second Timothy, and to see the the tone change of Paul between these two letters, uh, just given his situation. And then I was thinking about our family, so my husband and our children and my son in law, and almost feeling guilt about not pouring into our kids more when they were living at home still. Our, our kids are all adults now. And and then thinking, that time isn't wasted. We certainly had time together where there was discipleship happening between parent and child. And the opportunity isn't gone. Right. Just right. because our kids don't mm-hmm. live in our house anymore doesn't mean that that opportunity is gone. And so thinking about the areas in our lives where we have this opportunity to disciple others, whether that's in our own home or in our communities, wherever God is allowing that to happen, this really brought me to the point of remembering the responsibility that it is as a follower of Jesus to share the love of Christ and and some of for me some of the Bible nerdiness with my family they don't they don't have the same passion <laughs> that I do mm-hmm. and yet I I think some of the things that I love learning there's an opportunity to share it with them I often say it's um, the Misty Harper Anderson version of the Bible because. I'm not great at memorizing verbatim. Mm -hmm. And so then being able to put things in my own language while not ruining the message of the story, but taking some of those moments that I have and just sharing them with the people in my life, my circles of influence, uh, 
that is an ongoing thing throughout our life. And so I, I think I, I'm hoping that this could be an encouragement for somebody who is listening who's maybe feeling the same where maybe there have been moments where we haven't been as intentional with sharing what we know or how God is at work in our life or how the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and remembering that God can redeem that too. Mm-hmm. Well, two things. First, when you were coming, like you were being discipled and learning about God yourself at the time that you were raising your family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's grace over that. And then the second thing is that Paul and Timothy are not blood relatives. Yeah. And Paul calls calls Timothy his son. Yeah. And refers to himself as Timothy's father. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that there are I think it sounds a little weird. I know people do it. Spiritual mother, spiritual father, <laughs> sister brother. It can sound a little weird, a little yeah. But I I think those relationships happen where someone yeah. takes a spiritual parent kind of role in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, or sister, brother, that sister or brother that that encourages you, that comes alongside you and mentors you, disciples you in, in the ways of what it looks like to walk with Jesus. For sure. When I first came to faith, I was working at a retail store, and it, I had two women who are followers of Jesus, who were my are my, were my spiritual, like one was a spiritual mother, one was a spiritual sister, if we're going to use mm-hmm. that language. And I don't know where I would be without them. Not mm-hmm. to say that God couldn't have used somebody else, but he did use them. And uh, it's like in real sneaky ways, like just like leaving the Bible out in the break room so that I would read it. And then and two, like the Holy Spirit giving me this curiosity of, I wonder what this book is about. Mm. And that's pretty bold. Can we just stop for a second? <laughs> right. Leaving the Bible open at a retail store in the break room. I right. understand it was not 2023 when this happened, but that's bold. Yes. I think, I don't know. I don't know how possible that would be in current culture, uh, but it was very bold and it's so really intentional because mostly I was the only person who would sit there and... It was just, hey, if you want to take a look at this, Mm -hmm. at the same time, both of those women were praying for me Mm -hmm. to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of my faith story is uh, being in the back room of a retail store and praying to give Jesus my life. And wild, right? Like wild. I would guess, too, with Timothy's grandmother and mother, there had been years of time spent on their knees praying for Timothy. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they were also teaching parts of the Hebrew Bible. And for him to get to a point where he would come to be a follower of Jesus, that was years in the making. It wasn't just, just Paul showing up and telling him, but, but these prayers of the faithful, I think about my own grandmother on her knees. I would, uh, we stayed at grandma's a lot when we were kids and I would sneak back and, uh, like, see her in her room. I don't know why. Maybe that's a little bit odd. But uh, I was fascinated even as a kid coming in at night. I was supposed to be sleeping and catching her praying for us on her knees before she went to bed. And I don't know what those prayers were, mm-hmm. but I would bet that they covered our family. 
I remember very cognitively realizing that when my grandmother passed away, that there was someone not there. There was one last person praying for me now that she was gone. Yeah, that's so true. Well, and you know that in the coming months, I'm going to be a Nana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, earlier you asked me what, yeah. is, what my grandma name was, and mm-hmm. it's Nana. And even now, praying for these unborn babies who will hopefully call me Nana someday. And the gift that it is to be able to do that for as many grandchildren as God will allow for as long as I get to be a Nana. And to know also there are going to be lots of prayers that I pray that I won't see answers to, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think the power is of like our praying grandmothers as I am certain that there are prayers that they prayed for us that they didn't see the answers to those, but they're happening maybe in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reminds me of the, say, the saying or proverb about planting trees under whose shade you won't enjoy, Oh, but looking yes. forward and preparing for the future, like sending those prayers yes. over them, cast, praying for well, those over them. Well, I'm thinking about that with Paul and Timothy too. Paul didn't get to see the entire extent of Timothy's work. Mm-hmm. And knowing oh, there's just such tenderness in 2 Timothy and and knowing that work was going to be done in and through Timothy after Paul leaves this world. And one of the things that is a theme, I think, throughout both of these letters is how many times Paul reminds Timothy of his calling, mm. of this, I am imagining some prophetic moment where there are a group of people surrounding Timothy, recognizing how God has equipped this young man and praying over him and prophesying over him. And Paul recognizing the importance of speaking those words over Timothy multiple writing times, them. writing them for him to come back and look at long after Paul leaves this world and uh, how often is that true for us too where God places a call on our lives he places us in a situation for whatever time and we can be so overcome by the other voices in this world that we can lose sight of our own calling and then God allowing other people to speak that truth back into our lives Mm -hmm. I I just so appreciate that that is what Paul has done for Timothy. As we wrap up, is there any last thing that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we touch on in Paul and Timothy's relationship? I, I think, I think it's just this theme of equipping and releasing and affirming and being somebody, being a voice for somebody to, elevate them to their calling, and then allowing them to do it. And then trusting that the Lord will continue to do the work. I mean, that was the prayer that we prayed before this podcast, that the Holy Spirit would do the work that only the Holy Spirit can do. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to do this. This was a sweet conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for this conversation, for this introduction to 2 Timothy. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time as we look at the first chapter of Timothy.
The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com. Being the new person can feel intimidating, but we want you to know you belong, and we're so glad that you're here. We're excited that God is working in your life and that you're joining us in the mission field to tell the whole world about Jesus. So introduce yourself, and we'll send you a special free gift to encourage you with information about who we are. Request your free welcome pack today at MyFaithRadio.com. That's MyFaithRadio.com.